Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting-centric podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Timonini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined for his monthly visit with us by Shane Bailey, a new member of the LGHL family, but also known far and wide across Buckeye Nation for his Twitter account, at Buckeyes Cruton. Shane, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing doing great. And Shane, obviously the biggest news in the recruiting world, not just Ohio State recruiting world, but in the recruiting world was the official confirmation last week that the number one player in the 2022 class, Quinn Ewers, is now the number one player in the 2021 recruiting class uh, as he has decided that he will reclassify and join Ohio State post-haste. In fact, reports coming out on Sunday, the day we're recording, are that he should be in Columbus by Thursday and Friday at the latest. Now, you and I were kind of talking before we got in there, and there's a whole other 2021 football side of this that we're not necessarily going to get into because that's not the point of this show. And we've written and talked about it in a bunch of articles and podcasts at Land Grant Holy Land already last week. But I do think that it's kind of important to think about the fact that we don't really know what Ryan Day and his team's thought thoughts are. Like when I say team, like recruiting team, uh, his, their thoughts are about Quinn reclassifying. What I can say for almost certainty that six months ago when Quinn or six or seven months ago at this point, when Quinn committed, they were not planning on him being a part of the 2021 class. I would even venture to guess that even six weeks ago, that wasn't the plan. Uh, we obviously realize that this has been in the works longer than just we've known about it publicly. Um, but Shane, as somebody who kind of monitors everything that goes on with Ohio State football uh, and, and their recruiting, how big of a wrench does this throw into Ohio State's plans for the 2022 season and then the 2023 season, especially when it comes uh, to terms with quarterback recruiting? Oh, man, this it just uh, opened up a whole new avenue. Uh, the, the coaches uh, now, they probably went right back to the drawing board because uh, once as soon as this, the moment Quinn decided he's going to be in the class of 2021, and impressively enough, as soon as he reclassified, instantly became the number one recruit in yeah. the previous class, which is all, which is just impressive in itself. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Like at this point, I, I don't believe the staff will take a 20 to 22 quarterback. They might yeah. venture. They might look around. They might uh, shoot, a, shoot a phone call and probably maybe not even be answered over. But to Drew Alar over there, the Penn State commit. Uh, the Ohio native. Um, but I think that what this really does is uh, I know we talked about it the last two times I was on is um, the fact that it allows for a 2023 quarterback when they go out and recruiting. Now, yeah. now we would have another year yeah. in between 2021. Yeah, basically, yeah, yep. basically everything you said in the last two times we talked about this is completely <laughs> exactly. null and void because everything changed. And I, I agree. I don't think they're going to go out and get a 2022 quarterback um, via high school recruiting. I do think depending on how many guys end up transferring, and I think we will see one, if not two, heaven forbid, three, leave at some point by this time next year. I could see them dipping into the transfer portal and getting a veteran guy to be a solid backup. Uh, but I agree. I don't see them grabbing a high school guy in the 2022 class. Yeah, and then and with the, the transfer, porter, a transfer, transfer portal age here, um, you could that's what you can just do on your team. You can just go out and, and supplement uh, depth on your team through the portal. Uh, 
if we end up do uh, having a quarterback transfer, which I'm sure we will at some point, uh, like we did with um, Gunnar Hoke, uh, you just mm-hmm. bring him in, bring them in as a as a, a backup, somebody that can come in just just in case something bad happens to one of the yeah. starters or something along those lines. Yeah. But uh, with the transfer portal now, even no matter how many transfers you have out, there's always a possibility to go out there and look and say, hey, who wants to come here and play for Ohio State? You get a great education yeah. for your last year and be part of a, a possible special team here. Yeah, and and what's even you know more unique about it is, is that you might be able to get a guy for two years, someone who wants to come in and get a master's degree after having graduated. They can transfer right away. Maybe they have that extra year built in because of COVID, so they have more eligibility than they would have normally. So that is definitely an option. But what we really want to talk about is that 2023 situation. Now that Ohio State doesn't really have a quarterback for 2022, and we don't especially expect them to get one in that class, and if they do, it's not going to be someone of the Quinn Ewers or Kyle McCord level. So who are the guys that you think Ohio State will kick the tires on on 2023? They had a number of quarterbacks come in in June for the camps and stuff, but I think a lot of those guys were were players that a lot of media members and fans just thought were like, yeah, it's nice to have a man to, you know, to keep an eye on just in case Quinn Ewers D commits. But now that Quinn is officially in 2021's class, those are guys that become serious targets for the Buckeyes over the next year or two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I have the list here that so far the Buckeyes have offered, it looks like five quarterbacks in the class of 2023. Um, two of them already being committed to Oklahoma and Texas A&M in Malachi Nelson and Eli Holston. Uh, but the three that are not committed are Dante Moore out of Martin Luther King in Detroit, Michigan, um, Dylan Longren down there in Georgia, and then Nicholas, Nicholas Imalava uh, out of there in Downey, California, which is uh, one I think is one really one to really watch because I know that kid is can absolutely spin the ball. Same thing with Dante Moore. And, and you know, it's always sweet when you take away uh, the quarterback that Michigan wants. <laughs> yes, that is always Always very good. And honestly, having uh, having Kerry Combs back in uh, in the fold in terms of recruiting, even though he's probably not going to be the primary recruiter for any quarterbacks, he recruits the state of Michigan better than probably anybody on Michigan's staff, or at least they've oh, absolutely they've brought in a number of of Michigan high school uh, coaches in, in, into the program over the last year or so. So maybe that might change. But Kerry Combs maybe being a secondary recruiter for him could be uh, could be really really interesting. There's also been talk of you know Arch Manning I think was on campus at one point um, in June, uh, so he's a guy that they could look forward to. There was a lot of talk about potentially landing a 2024 stud because you thought you'd have that year in between Quinn Ewers um, and somebody mm-hmm. in 2024. Do you think that this you know obviously is a long time to go to determine you know what actually happens with um uh, with Ohio State in in the 2023 class. But if they do end up landing one of these top commits in 2023, does that again push them off of getting somebody in 2024 or are they going to look again to just try to add one body in each class so they have somebody ready to go no matter what happens via transfer or injury or anything like that? It's interesting because in 2024, I think there's one quarterback uh, recruit that they're really, really like right now and that they're kind of kind of putting a lot of their effort into. And that's uh, the quarterback I had talked about the last time I was on, Jaden Davis out of uh, mm-hmm. South Carolina. 
Um, and I know there were rumors out there that he might even reclassify to 2023, but uh, I know he actually came out and said that he's going to be sticking in the 2024 class. So uh, that shot that down. But um, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be interesting to see how they go going forward. I think the staff's still going to try and take the best that they can get every year. Uh, but it, with and another interesting thing that this does is we were kind of uh, staggered a bit with Oklahoma in the getting the number one quarterbacks. You know, they had uh, it was Caleb Williams, then we had Quinn Ewers, then the next year I know Arch Manning's number one, but Malachi Nelson's also pretty far up there. So now what that what Ewers reclassifying does is now we might have to you know get back on that same uh, off year as with Oklahoma battling them for quarterbacks in the future, which. Obviously, I think we can win, you know, being a Buckeye fan. But uh, it's just a little – there's a little bit more difficulty into there, uh, but which is just something to watch going forward as well. Well, that's something that we're going to have to wait and see. And obviously, there's not as much focus on recruiting during the actual football season, not only because Ohio State's coaches have other things to worry about, but so do the players as they're playing their own seasons. But we do get a lot of information as players start to come into campus to watch games – actually at the horseshoe. So it will be interesting to see if we start to see an influx of 2023 quarterbacks coming in to see games uh, at the shoe and how they are wined and dined, probably not wined because they're not 21, but uh, to see how they're treated um, when they come in and how much attention they get and and what we can hear um, from their visits. So that'll definitely be something that's interesting to, um, to pay attention to over the next few months. But, yeah, I mean, these, these will be the first uh, game visits in quite a while, oh so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see the the staff uh, flex those recruiting muscles again and see how they can uh, get blow away some of these prospects on the visits. Yeah, it's uh, it's always cool to hear uh, you know after the games. Um, after you kind of settle down from the actual excitement of the game itself and kind of see where, um, you know, all the recruiting chips have fallen over that weekend. So um, now there are other really big players that Ohio state is looking at um, in the 2023 class who are potentially really big playmakers, but aren't quarterbacks. And one of them is the number one running back in the country, Richard young. He released his top 10 Uh, Over the weekend, and amongst that 10 is Ohio State. They are joined by basically only teams in the South, and then Oregon, Oklahoma, and USC. So you've got Miami, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, Oregon, Oklahoma, and USC. Uh, So basically the who's who of the Blue Bloods in college football right now. Um I have not watched a ton of his highlights. I've heard his name. He's this number 17 player in the 2023 class, a five-star prospect, the number five player in Florida from Lehigh Acres, which is down in South Florida. Um, so what what do you uh, know about this guy? What kind of running back is he? He's six foot 190, but um, what, do, what would he bring to the Buckeyes if he was, in fact, uh, eventually part of the 2023 class? Oh, man, this, this kid is, is something special. He... <laughs> He has every bit of potential to be just as good as a recruit as, as Travion Henderson did, in my opinion. Uh, he is an absolutely electric anytime he touches the football. And and I think he, the higher state is, is well up there in, in their uh, pursuit of him here with um, I think probably Alabama. And I, I would, I would say Oklahoma too, but they did, they did just get the, another top rated running back in, mm-hmm. in Tran Webb. 
in, in 2023. So who knows um, if they're still up there towards the top, but I, I think this is going to be another one of those uh, Ohio State Alabama battles. And, and I know everyone's a little scarred from the, the Florida recruit uh, situation with uh, Singletary decommitting, yeah. but I definitely think this is one that the, the Buckeyes can win and keep a hold of with, with coach Alford and the relationship he's built so far with uh, Richard Young and, and yeah, this is this is the clear cut number one running back in 2023, in my opinion. And I think he is definitely at the top of the Buckeyes board as well. Yeah, he is the uh, the number one uh, running back in the class. Ruben Owens is, is second. He is a strong Texas lean right now. Uh, Trayon Webb, who you mentioned, is is number three, but about 29 spots behind uh, Richard Young in the current 24-7 sports composite ratings. Richard Young would be a really interesting guy to add to the mix. He's a He looks like he's a track guy, really, really fast. Um, but it, he, like we talked about before with, you know, kind of staggering the quarterback recruits, when you have the number one running back in the country in Travion Henderson in 2021, you've also got Evan Pryor in there as well. Don't forget, you take a year off and then you bring in another stud in 2023. It makes sense to kind of build your room where you can bring in some really highly rated guys who know, yeah, I might not get to play as much as I would want as a freshman, but I get to be developed and I get to 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 work behind really talented guys who will be going to the NFL after that year. It makes sense that you might want Richard Young to come in in that class and be the heir apparent to Travion Henderson and potentially Evan Pryor as well when they are three years or up in Columbus. Oh yeah, and absolutely, and and I think another big thing that these running backs are looking at these days is is taking as little bit of wear and tear on the body as they can. So it seems they're a bit more open to coming in and sitting for a year or just being used in situational scenarios. And and I think that's why we were able to get Travion and, and Evan in the same class was kind of pitching the idea of hey, we can you can both show off your explosive plays and you each have different strengths, but you have half as much uh, wear and tear on the body, less yeah, risk for huge. injury. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, definitely think that that it's a little different than, than the quarterback situation, obviously, because running backs can be rotated and quarterbacks, you don't generally don't want to go with the whole two quarterback system. No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> We've tried that yeah, before. I think, I think uh, Richard Young is definitely uh, a very good possibility for the black guys. And I think they would be, absolutely over the moon to, to land this kid. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, so much of the conversation around running backs at the NFL level has been about not having as much wear and tear um, on the tires, so to speak, when um, when they make it to the league so that they aren't completely worn down and so that they can have as long of a shelf life at the next level as possible. So bringing in as many big guys as possible and knowing that they're not going to be counted on from the get-go exclusively, that's probably actually fairly attractive for for running backs eyeing the the NFL, where it really wouldn't be uh, for a lot of other positions. A lot of other positions want to get on the field as early as possible for running backs. It might make more sense to go in and have to sit for a year and get you know a little bit of time here and there or be able to split time with somebody who's talented like Henderson and Pryor will do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move on because there's been some other really interesting things that have happened um, for Ohio State since the last time we spoke. And that is kind of centers around 24-7 sports. Steve Wiltfong, who's director of football recruiting, he has made three um, crystal ball predictions for Ohio State since the, I, th- I guess that was the second to last day in July. I think that was a Saturday, I think. The last Saturday in July, the, the 30th, when he projected with medium confidence that 2023 defensive lineman Derek LeBlanc will um, commit to Ohio State. That's a, He is a five-star player. He also, um, a week later on the 5th, dropped in two uh, crystal ball predictions. One is one that Ohio State fans have been longing for, and that is that four-star safety in the 2022 class, Xavier Nwankpa. Um, He has crystal balled at pretty low confidence coming to Ohio State. And then maybe potentially because of the Benji Gosnell decommitment, he also has four-star tight end in the 2023 class, Ty Lockwood crystal balled to the Buckeyes. Let's start with Derek LeBlanc first. Ohio State is still looking for its first commitment um, in the, the 2023 class. We spoke about Derek the last time you were on. He's a kid from my where I live, not my hometown, but from where I live now here in Kissimmee, Florida. He goes to Osceola High School. Um, we don't really know what prompted this, um, this crystal ball, but it was the first crystal ball, and you know if 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 Steve Wolfong is making a prediction, he's not doing it lightly. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I think what really prompted it was probably just the fact that he made, uh, I believe, three visits to Ohio State in a relatively short amount of time, uh, just uh, yeah. just this summer alone. So that alone is they always say, watch what they do, not what they say. This is definitely one of those situations where he's 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 doing a lot in, in terms of of showing the Buckeyes he's interested, and I think. They are definitely reciprocating that as well, and he was uh, one of the one of the recipients of a pretty large uh, ratings bump. It looks like here as well uh, when they updated twenty four seven sports recruiting's rankings last week. Um, it looks like he is now got bumped up from fifty to twenty one uh, yeah. nationally, uh, being the fifth defensive lineman and sixth rated uh, Florida prospect. Um, which bumped his composite up to a five-star player in the class of 2023. So this is obviously a kid that the staff identified earlier on and is now getting recognized by the recruiting services and, and definitely being uh, show, shown that this is the kind of kid that Larry Johnson is definitely going to be chasing hard until he uh, signed that, those papers to become a Buckeye. I, w- I will say it's interesting that he was it uh, looks like he was on campus in Tuscaloosa last weekend. So August 1st, and he's got a little video of him doing the whole picture thing like they do everywhere else. Um, <laughs> but his profile picture is still him in front of the Buckeye wall uh, in Columbus. So take that for what it's worth. Um, so we will see <laughs> what happens with Derek LeBlanc. The The next one was um, Xavier Nwankpa, who has long been a target for Ohio State. Um, and it, it seems like he has now gotten his second crystal ball for the Buckeyes. The first actually came from Steve uh, Lawrence, who is a Michigan insider, so that means nothing to me. Uh, but Steve Wiltfong only came in with a three on the confidence level. Ohio State fans know that they have been looking at both Xavier Nwankpa and Zion Branch as two potential safeties for the 2022 class. Xavier Branch recently got a crystal ball to USC. 
Um, uh, it was a medium um, uh, confidence level, so who knows if that sticks. Uh, but Xavier DeWangpa, number 57 player in the country, the number five safety um, out of Al- uh, Altoona, Iowa. Uh, fighting uh, old friend Marcus Freeman for him over at Notre Dame, it sounds like, but he would be a really, really important addition for the Buckeyes secondary, especially having lost um, a, a really big cornerback in Jaheim Singletary, as you mentioned just a few minutes ago. Oh, yeah. yeah Marcus Freeman is just becoming such a such a good uh, adversary for Buckeye Nation as far as uh, the recruiting trail goes here. Uh, that, and Wonka is definitely one that is... is Looks looking to be a Notre Dame Ohio State battle down the stretch here. Uh, I know he's also interested in A and M, but uh, I think they're kind of running a distant third. Um, I, I think he also still wanted to take two more of his official visits at some point, and uh, I think that was the reasoning for the low confidence. Crystal Ball mm-hmm. is that he still wants to get back to Ohio State, Notre Dame, etc. For the in-game visits to see the atmosphere, uh, obviously wants to see game day and. Uh, I, I mean, who can blame him? I'd, I'd want to see every game day possible <laughs> if I uh, yeah. got to got a chance to. Uh, but yeah, this is with the, the loss of Singletary. I think Ohio State doesn't necessarily chase after another corner in the class so much yeah. as they just try and re- try and uh, put more effort as if they weren't putting enough already into getting Xavier and Wakwa and Zion Branch uh, at the safety positions, or even just one of the two would would top off an already great secondary class, even without Singletary there. Um, but yeah, I believe that would that to be the reason for the low crystal ball is that uh, Steve still believes that he's going to want to take his visits in the fall and in Ohio state just leads right at this moment. So hopefully we can lead when it really counts there uh, on signing day. Yeah. And I would just say that if I was a player, I would not use a single official visit for anything other than going to game days. Like, how can you how, why would you want to do that? Just yeah. Use them for the games, man. If they want you, they don't need to see you at camp. Just show up. Uh, um, the, the last one uh, that got a crystal ball is. 2023 tight end four-star prospect number 107 in the country from Thompson Station, Tennessee, Ty Lockwood. He's 6'5", 225 pounds. It looks like the leaders for him currently are Florida State, Ohio State, Penn State, and South Carolina. Um, Obviously, Ohio State had previously had two tight ends in the 2022 class. Benji Gosnell decided um, to decommit, and he I'm guessing he's probably going to end up at North Carolina. Um, that might open up the door for Ty Lockwood to join um, this class. He's a big dude, um, and Ohio State hasn't really proven recently that tight ends um, are going to be much more than blocking um, tight ends uh, in recent seasons. But Ryan Day has promised that Jeremy Ruckert will have over 30 receptions this year, so maybe that's some, a, a trend that that's going to change. Um, do you know much about Ty Lockwood? I know he's he, he hasn't really been on Ohio State's campus yet, I don't think, um, but but what do you know about him and uh, why they have made him such a priority for the tight end position? Well, yeah, once uh, Benji decommitted from the 2022 class, I think, I, I think they kind of looked forward to the 2023 class uh, the next year for their next tight end. Uh, and this kid, it's, like you said, 6'5", 225 is what his profile has him as. And that's just an absolute uh, target for the red zone right there. And I watched some of his tape. I, I need to get a little bit deeper into it. But uh, from what I saw, he really catches the ball well. And he's definitely a mismatch for for a lot of the linebackers out there. Um, and I know he recently um, – I think he did visit Ohio State. I'm not 
hundred percent sure, but uh, Dude, I, I don't okay. know, they don't have it. Li- they don't have it listed on twenty four seven, so I'm not. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. Maybe I was thinking of somebody else. Uh, but yeah, I know uh, he did recently drop his um, um, top four, um, and, but that was Florida State, Ohio State, Penn State, South Carolina, and I believe that was last week that he uh, announced that top four. Uh, so there might be a decision. Uh, coming relatively soon. Um, if I if if uh, Coach Wilson over there, uh, tight end coach, uh, if he if he says this is the guy I want in twenty twenty three, um, that, that we could be we could have that wrapped up early because I think this is definitely a kid that uh, wants to be at Ohio State, and I think uh, Coach Wilson is the one kind of pushing for this one, and I think it, I think we're going to get this one done. Well, I have uh, always hoped that Ohio State would uh, would use the tight end position more, especially with young oh, yeah. uh, quarterbacks. We'll see if that ever actually happens. But um, it sounds like there's still a ton going on, even though practice has started and the coaches' focus has uh, kind of transitioned back to this current team. Uh, it seems like uh, Mark Pantone and his staff are certainly keeping things busy while uh, everybody else is on the field, and they will certainly be ready to welcome players to the horseshoe when uh, yeah. they can get the visits on Pantone, uh, I don't think Coach Pantone ever sleeps. So yeah, I think he's always uh, out there uh, doing doing his best for Buckeye Nation. And and let me just say, you talked about earlier with the the Derek LeBlanc uh, profile photo or whatever that was. I absolutely love the new backgrounds that the the for for all the recruiting stuff they're doing with the uh, with the changing. Like I don't know if it's a green screen or if it's just a projector, whatever it is. I think it looks awesome. So I think it's definitely. Just another small things that Ohio State just keeps doing and updating and changing to get ahead of the game. Yeah, there's no crew, and of course we're biased, but no crew does it as well as Ohio State. So, um, all right, Shane, is there anything else that uh, you think Buckeye fans need to keep an eye out for uh, as they head into the final three weeks of training camp and uh, before we get focused on the season? Well, honestly, I think at this point it's just uh, there's obviously there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, more recruiting visits coming up this fall. I just Keep an eye out for for who sets those official visit dates for which dates, uh, which days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Xavier and Wampa said he wanted to come uh, down and visit. And in the article here, it says the for the Ohio State Penn State night game. I'm not sure if that's common knowledge or if that's actually going to be a night game, but I would I be know. awesome if it was. <laughs> so I yeah, we got plenty of awesome prospects coming in this fall, and I, I think that we're going to be closing out another absolutely outstanding class. Uh, for the class of 2022, maybe not be number uh, one after the Quinn reclassification. We'll see about that. You know, that's, that's a little bit of a hit for that. But uh, I'd say that other top five class for sure. And, and Coach Day is just not missing a beat with this recruiting. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Lands, the Dotted Line Podcast. Also, thank you, as always, Shane. You will be back next month. In the show notes and in the article version of this episode of Land Grant Holy Land, we will have a link uh, to Shane's Twitter account. But, of course, you are probably already following at Buckeyes Cruton. Um, if you're finding this episode on that aforementioned website, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are cranking out, at this point, an episode every weekday. Once the season starts, it will be multiple episodes every weekday. And they will all have unique perspectives and voices that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. And you can find me at BWWMatt. Again, Shane at Buckeyes Cruton. Spell that out for people so they don't get confused on how you're, uh, 
how you're spelling that that handle. That would be at B-U-C-K-E-Y-E-S-C-R-O-O-T-I-N. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.